Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. Returning to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview for the second interview in a row is Chuck Coker, who on our previous episode, our previous weekly interview, he shared his story, his testimony, and what God's done in his life. And he agreed to come back on here and talk about his ministry, which is Yesha. Am I pronouncing that right? That's correct, yes. I thought so, yeah. It's Yesha Taekwondo or Yesha Ministries. I don't know officially how the order that is, but Yesha well, is Jesus. Yeshua is Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it, the, it's a derivative of the original Hebrew word Yeshua, but it means the defender. That's why the patches on our uniform say defenders of the faith. Oh, wow. That's great. He started this ministry 40 years ago. Yes, June 13th, 1983. And I don't remember the year that my children got involved, but they were much younger. And three out of four of my children got involved in this ministry and, and are now at the uh, earned their black belts and two of them are the second Dan level and just have had a great time learning discipline and respect, learning how to interact with all age groups. That's one of the things I've loved about this ministry is it's not just a bunch of kids in there together the same age. It's uh, what we call multi-generational. And I love that part. Well, it's important that people are exposed to the different generations because of the different ideologies they're raised with. And if a a kid can learn to interact with an adult in class, it makes it that much easier for them to interact with adults as they get older and not see age differences as a barrier to interacting because we have some very short leaders because they're young, but they get up and they lead the class and it builds the leadership principles into them while they're in school so that it carries on. We've had mayors, we've had congressmen, we've had missionaries, we've had pastors, lawyers, doctors all come out of the ministry because they learned that discipline and they built their character Mm -hmm. at a young age. It's phenomenal. I I really appreciate you. The, the fact that you started this ministry, I especially appreciate that it's an it is a ministry, and it's affordable for people and for families, as opposed to so many really, uh, if you want to call it the the different martial arts studios that are quite expensive. Yes, and some it's it and unaffordable for some families really. Yes, commercial schools run from one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a month. There is no monthly charge for Yesha Ministries. We ask that you buy your uniforms and pay for your tests, and that's it. So an a small average, a small annual fee. Yeah. So the average student could get their black belt for five hundred bucks over a two year period in comparison to five thousand. Yeah, it's really phenomenal. Really appreciate it. Every uh, school, when they have their their meetings, uh, what do you, what do you call a meeting or a, or a uh, a training session? session. There sure. you go, a training session. They always have a devotional, so the word of God is always presented. Christ is always exalted. The exactly. plan of salvation is frequently shared. Yes. Um, and the techniques are taught. For example, when we teach forms or what many people call katas, we illustrate the fact that they're fighting in four different directions an imaginary opponent. And we, we 
use that as an example of Ephesians 6, that our war is not against flesh and blood, but against the spirit world. So we teach them these particular principles as they go. And when we lock them into a stance, it reminds us from the book of James, stand firm, hold your position, resist the devil, and he will flee. That's wonderful. So how did you get involved initially in martial arts and specifically Taekwondo? Well, when I was 18, uh, I got tired of being bullied. And so I took jujitsu from a gentleman that ran for um, sheriff back in the day. His name was Bill Beach. He was um, a senior master instructor in jujitsu. And I studied under him for a couple of years and then studied under Adam Margolis, Win Chung Kung Fu. And that's when I went into the Marine Corps and did some some fighting uh, on the team there. When I got out, I met Grandmaster John Wung Chung, who had been a instructor in the Korean Army, and he was a physical education teacher at Jacksonville University. And so I studied under him Taekwondo, and that became the love of my my life at that particular time. And so he prepared me for uh, the Pan American Games and uh, the precursor to the Olympics. Okay. And so after I spent a number of years doing that, the Lord called me to, to start my own school after my wife had passed away. He said, I want you to close down the schools that you have been teaching in, which were coordinated with my brother, uh, Master James Coker. We closed down those commercial schools and reopened as a Christian ministry to churches that would give us floor space. So at that point in 1983, we began the ministry, and that's how it evolved from commercial training and competition uh, because I retired in 1981 as second in the world in the international competitions at that year. So it was now about, okay, give this away and use it as a way to minister to children because we get them in the church. And once they're in the church, this is not such a bad place to be, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they got introduced to youth ministers and other people. And we found over the years that for every seven people that, that attend our classes, the church gets a new member. Wow. That's phenomenal. So I want to follow up on a couple of statements you made. The first was Taekwondo became your love. What was it about Taekwondo as opposed to the previous two martial arts, which I know you probably appreciate what you learned from those as well, but what was it specifically about Taekwondo that, that really you took to? Well, coming from the Marine Corps, you're taught to be somewhat aggressive. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, jiu-jitsu is more of a grappling right. uh, defensive of, sport. Of wrestling, Exa- similar. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu is much more upper body. And um, I have long legs, and so therefore Taekwondo made much more sense to me because the legs are 11 times stronger than the arms, mm-hmm. and they have much greater reach. And mm-hmm. so what it did was it provided me for something that really fit my body style. I just not so much left those other things because I still teach some of the principles, but I just found my place, my position, or my comfort level in Taekwondo. So did you participate in the Pan American Games? Oh, yes. Okay. 
one time or multiple times? Or? Multiple times. And the international championships, which was the precursor to the Olympics, was where I accumulated a little bit of a reputation. And then in 1988, we went to Seoul and uh, I was on the USAT committee for that in 2000, introduction into the Olympics. Oh, wow. That's So the year 2000 went, is when Taekwondo became an Olympic. Saint. It became a full-fledged Olympic, Olympic sport. sport in yeah. 1988 in Seoul. Okay. All right. Um, gotcha. It became what's called a spectator sport. So 88 became a spectator sport and 2000 became an official Olympic sport. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. All right. That's great. Correct me if I'm wrong. But my understanding is Yesha is the only Olympic-sanctioned Taekwondo school on the First Coast. Is that correct? I believe so. Okay. I know that there are other Taekwondo masters in the area, but we are obviously the largest with mm-hmm. you know eight schools here in mm-hmm. town and then in South Carolina, Tennessee, and we're working on opening a school in Kansas City now. Okay. I knew we were in South Carolina. I knew, I say we, I'm not a member. I'm not, but my kids are so into it. You know, I feel like I'm part of the family. I knew that Yesha was in South Carolina and Tennessee. I was not aware of the Kansas City. So that's exciting. Usually this is because someone who has this part of Yesha and has the advanced degree to be able to open a school moves there. Is that correct? Is that how it usually expands? Very much so. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes a minimum of two to three years to train a black belt. Mm -hmm. But Taekwondo, like many martial arts, is somewhat egocentric. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do is vet a person and understand their heart because giving away the instruction requires a heart of love. And Mm -hmm. my instructors understand one thing very clearly. If you can't love the students, don't stand up and teach them. That's really good. Because there are some people that challenge your ability to love them. Sure. It's it's one of those, those things that we have to learn as believers. We have to get past the point of where we judge people based on their appearances. Right. Really good. As previously mentioned, I, I love the fact that you have made this a ministry. It's not for profit, and it is accessible, therefore, to people who, in many cases, would not be able to afford to get this type of instruction in the martial arts, learning to defend themselves, learning all the character things, learning the leadership, learning the, the self-discipline, all the, the wonderful things that come out of this particular pursuit, adding this skill, adding this knowledge, adding this uh, ability, this discipline in their life. This hobby, some would even say this is my hobby or whatever. How do you pull this off to be able to, to grow this ministry and be able to have the leadership in place when you're not charging much money? Well, the important thing that we do is we pray a lot because it requires funding. And fortunately, we have some businesses and we have some people that are committed to helping us. And for the first 24 years, I underwrote the, the ministry. But it became, or came to a point, shall we say, that was just not sustainable. And so I formed a board, and we have now shared the message with a number of people. And there have been some people that have helped us, a number of the Sertoma organizations and and JCs and people like that give us uh, a little bit here, a little bit there, and we, we try to do the best we can, but we want to maintain this particular stature of not charging monthly fees, because where else can a young man or a young woman get Olympic training? 
mm-hmm. at that particular cost level. It's not possible. And you know, Brett, over the years, the 40 years, we've had four Olympian finalists. Wow. We have had 63 junior Olympians. And now we're at a point to where we're reforming the competition team since COVID is over. Right. And we are going to need some support. We are going to need businesses that, that want to see the youth of the First Coast area to achieve the the heights of these things, and we can do it. We have a great reputation across the United States Taekwondo Association, and they have even asked us to grow and develop because our competitors win 63% of the matches that they enter. Our competitors win 63%. That's, I'm assuming, pretty high rate. I don't know it's what almost, where it stands. It's almost double the norm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. When you're not just going up against, for myself being a novice on, on this competitive aspect of when you're going out there, you're not just going up against one other school. You're, you're going up against people from multiple schools. Well, people from multiple schools all around the nation. You have to qualify in regional competitions before you go to national competitions to even get a seat mm-hmm. in that competitive area. And so they go through our training, they go through regional competitions, and then if they qualify in a first, second, or third position, they qualify for the national championships and then on to the Olympics. Gotcha. Wow, that's just spectacular. Well, congratulations on your success on that. We have not mentioned up to this point how someone can actually go online and learn about Yesha Ministries. Sure. They go to yeshatkd.org. Yeshatkd.org. So that's phonetically how it sounds is how you spell it. Y-E-S-H-A, and then the letters T-K-D for taekwondo.org, mm-hmm. and then they'll learn about it. Now, we're only on the First Coast, and we have a school in South Carolina and in Tennessee, Tennessee just active. north of, a, of a Millington, the base there, if I remember correctly, Atoka. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now you're looking at Kansas City. What if someone's listening to this, and they're nowhere near any of these locations? In fact, many of our listeners would not be. What, what would you recommend they do in terms of wanting to tap into taekwondo or or discipline like this or would you even be interested in mentoring someone to start something in their area or it'd be hard to do really wouldn't it well yes and no okay the first few belts we have videos that they can subscribe to and and learn the basic techniques and then come in to our quarterly test and achieve the belt ranking But we're looking right now for black belts who are faith-based and have a desire to invest in the next generation to build new schools nationwide. And uh, our social media people are getting ready to make an all-out campaign since COVID is over so that we can get back into the expansion mode. We were at 20 schools before COVID. Mm. And so now it's a matter of Let's start over. But, you know, God refines us, mm-hmm. and he puts us in a position to build off of a solid foundation. Wonderful. So someone might be listening to this, and they may someone know someone who's a black belt in Taekwondo living in Texas or California or wherever, and say, hey, and maybe this person's even thought about starting something or helping others learn it. This would be a great opportunity for them if, if they're faith-based, if they're a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, and they want to make a difference. It's there, and it's available to them. Either myself or one of our numbers of master instructors can spend time with them, either there or here. They can come in and visit 
We have schools that meet every night of the week except Wednesday and Sunday. And so they could come for a week and get five different schools instruction and see the variances and the way that different instructors train. But we need, uh, we need help to, to grow and develop. Yeah, fabulous. Well, Chuck, I really appreciate you coming in. My and pleasure. I thank you for your ministry and appreciate your spirit and your heart. And I'm just grateful for what God's done in your life to, to work in you, to save you, make you a follower of his through Jesus and what he did on the cross. Of course, we always emphasize that. And then uh, using your experience. In fact, I just want to go ahead and just wrap up the program, make an application point, And that is this. We have here the story of a man who was saved by God's grace and he also was in position to learn something and then take that something that he learned and use it for the glory of God. You know, that's the thing, Brett. It doesn't matter what you have or what you learn. God can use it. Yeah. And who in the world would have ever thought that martial arts could be a tool for Christ? But Brett, over the 40 years, we have ministered to and know of at least 10,000 kids that have come to Christ through this ministry. Oh, praise the Lord. That is phenomenal. So you might be listening to this, and you may not be in the martial arts at all, but maybe you're into woodworking. Yes. And, and God might put on your heart, the Holy Spirit may speak to you and say, you can do this with woodworking. You can start something in your community or in your neighborhood. Take boys and start showing them how to use their hands and girls as well. And you never know what God can do with that. That's right. And that just came to my head. Maybe the Lord you know, put that on my mind for woodworking. It could be any type of hobby or skill or, or something you've learned in a sport or otherwise. And look what God can do. That's right. If you'll be a willing vessel. That's the key. That's the key. Amen. Thanks again for coming on Sound of Truth Podcast. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's been a blessing, Brett. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.